Welcome to Dragon Heart. Plenty to talk about this week. Two tasty games to talk about. We've got loads to talk about. We've got season tickets absolutely flying out through the door, aren't they, Mark? Oh, incredible, isn't it, really? Yeah. And uh, we'll also hear you of your escapades at Tamworth because you were actually a fan for the first time in a couple of years. And boy, were you a fan. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, maybe the analysis for Tamworth game for me may be a bit fuzzy. <laughs> Let's just say that. But yeah, welcome to Dragonheart. Mm. This is Sean Brisley. This is Dragonheart. Well, Tamworth, it was a bit of a strange one, really, wasn't it? Because I think it felt like a lot bigger of a game than it should have been. You know what I mean? It felt like it felt like a league game, even though we were playing a team low, two leagues below us and, you know, Tamworth's Tamworth. It just felt massive. I think even without the takeover... That would have felt like a massive game yeah. for Wrexham fans because it's the first chance to see the team in the flesh. And of course, the first pre-season game, you're always going to get new players to look at. But with the excitement of the takeover, with the excitement of so many things all fitting together, the new kit, the sponsorship deals and everything like that, plus that first match after lockdown, it really it was huge, wasn't it? It just felt huge. In fact, if I've got to be honest with you, I actually thought there might be more Exxon fans there, and there was a terrific amount there. At least about a thousand. There was, there was a lot. There <laughs> yeah. was a lot, and yeah. it, it felt like a big game, because like any good away day, it starts off at Spoons early in the morning. Me and, bro me and brother went down there, had a look, and we thought there'd be no Wrexham fans in there. You know, it's not that big of a game. We went there, the, the whole pub was packed full of Wrexham fans drinking at a very early time in the morning. <laughs> it, it, was, it was quite... It was really impressive, really, to me. It was, it's shown how desperate people are for things to get back to normal. So I think that's another, that's another big thing, like you said. It shows that people just want a good day out as well and just feel like the pandemic's just over and done. Even though I know it's not, I was quite careful, like the uh, test before and after going, so I, I was fine. But it was, it was a day of real mixed emotions, really. Yeah. Um, because it was a bit strange, like getting on the train and mm. you know having to put the masks on. As soon as you hit the border, in England people were just coming on the train without masks, and mm. it, it felt a bit. I felt a bit like, oh, like, oh, we shouldn't be doing this sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. I, I I felt the same way actually arriving at the ground, just to the, hit me that nobody is wearing a mask here at all, yeah. and it was so alien compared to what we are used to, um, but. On the train as well. I mean, how crowded was it? Did that feel comfortable or was that? Um, I think when we hit Wrexham, it was like at a nice state where you know you could sort of social distance. Um, you could sit with there's plenty of seats around. But I think as soon as you started hitting more, you know, near Wolverhampton, mm. there was people in the corridors. You, you couldn't move anywhere, and it just felt you know we've had nearly two years of having to being told to stay away from people. And yeah. Jamming yourself in a metal tube, even though I know I've had my first jab and what have you, but it just felt really uncomfortable. Mm. So yeah, it was it was really really odd. And then getting off at Bean Birmingham New Street and going to the few of the pubs around the area, just walking straight into the pub and not having to put a mask on, not having to sign in, not having to do yeah. any test and trace, and just sit down. You could actually go to the bar and order a drink. It was you know, I know that sounds a bit weird talking to it like that, no, but it just yeah, felt. Yeah. Very normal, but it felt nice, but I also mm. felt very anxious at the same time. Well, quite naturally. I mean, I'm thinking about the trains because I'll often go down by train to the Wrexham away games because if I can get my hands on footage, it's really handy to get the editing done on the way back down on the train rather than be driving and you've basically lost our evening. But it sounds like train companies are running as normal where they sell more tickets than they have seats and let everyone crowd in. Yeah. Again, so in that case, that does make me feel a little wary about that. To be perfectly frank, I, th I think it didn't help that you, you know you're going through one of our major train stations in the whole sure. UK. You know, yeah. in Birmingham, the massive city, yeah. that doesn't help. But you know, we sort of do have to get back to normal at some point, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's just the whole thing felt weird going to the pub and then. After getting, after having a few pints in Birmingham, we hopped on the train to Tamworth, which was pretty easy. It was only 20 minutes from Birmingham New Street to Tamworth. And it, that's when we saw all the Wrexham fans and Everyone was singing the, yeah. oh, the old classic Wrexham songs on the train. It, it, you sort of forgot about you sort of forgot about the whole social distancing thing mm. for a minute. And it, it, it was just really good. It felt like a proper away day. Because, you know, 
as much as I like getting the bus to away days, the best for, or driving or the best for me is to get on the train because you can have a few drinks with your mates. You, you know, it's just that real away day experience when you're yeah. on the train in my eyes. And then what do you find it like in the green? Well, we, we got off the train, made our way, way to, well, we went to one of the pubs in um, in Telford, not Telford, Tamworth, mm. and it was packed full of Wrexham fans. Everyone was, there's a few videos circulating online and mm. everyone was just singing Wrexham songs. It just felt absolutely brilliant. Everyone made themselves way to the ground. It was just like, we're in the ground. It just felt normal the atmosphere yeah, was yeah. the atmosphere was good it was a bit it was a bit more of an edge to it than like a normal pre-season like i've been pre-season games away like at crew a good few mm. years ago and things like that it was just you know it's just people sitting around having a day out and watching a bit of football mm. because they're dying to watch it but this year i think it felt like a real game and then the game itself wasn't bad either was it no no not at all um well maybe if we get on to that then yeah um yeah, it was impressive. The thing that's pleased me about both games is the, the difference of opposition that we've dominated. So, yeah, Tamworth were physical and we weren't troubled by that in the slightest. We imposed those on them. I know that goals change matches, but early goals help, don't they, when you get the games over after 15 minutes, essentially. But then it's nice to see us doing that after... How many times have, I, have you heard me whinge about, we need to score, we'll be playing well? Well, we certainly did on that match, didn't we? Yeah. We couldn't stop. We could have scored even more as well. I think, you know, it, I think all the fans who went to the ground that day were really happy because mm. if you're going to beat a team like Tamworth in a pre-season, you might as well beat them handily. They, you know, this team beat Birmingham City the other day three-one mm. in a pre-season, so they weren't that. Te- you know, again, pre-season it doesn't really matter. Like obviously, yeah. Birmingham City full strength are going to beat uh, Tamworth in a normal game, aren't they? But it. it it was very positive and we looked very, very structured for a side of a lot of players who haven't played with each other, a mix of trialists and youth. It, it looked very positive, mm. didn't it, that day? Well, structure is, is one of the big words for me. Um, I, I've got to say, OK, before we go any further, I need to say with both these games, because I'm going to get excited about it, they're friendlies. Yeah. And I've got to keep bearing that in mind. And I want to emphasise that to everybody, because I will get a bit excited about what I've seen. But they are friendlies. They're, none of them are. They're not competitive. You've seen teams sometimes in friendlies. They look great, and then in the real thing, they're not. So I have to keep bearing that in mind. Mm. But having said that, yeah, I was really pleased. Like you say, structure uh, that we were led to believe that the three at the back might be just to give players games, and it wasn't what we were looking to embed in the team. But that looked really embedded. I mean, the fluidity of the movement, the way that players clicked into each other and read each other's movements was outstanding. We saw it to an extent against Fleetwood, not quite as much, but it was like, you know, three at the back, slightly asymmetrical. And I just loved how when we made substitutions, there was absolutely no change in our flow, which you usually get, don't you? Yeah. Because the players really looked like they'd spent a hell of a long time in that training ground working and working on it and making that system work. And that's what pleased me, is that no matter who you played against or how well you play, mm-hmm. you could see that there'd been good work done to set them up. I mean, the way that... All right, so the well, right wing back was fascinating, wasn't it? Because Tyler French was almost like a wide target man, just lurking on the corner of Tamworth's box half the time. And he was excellent, and you sort of think, oh, okay, he really is useful in that sense. And yeah, we've got Rhys Hall Johnson. But then when we used Rhys Hall Johnson, the balance was still the same, and we were able to use a ball-playing centre-back to come out and occupy the space that that wing-back had taken because they'd gone so far mm. up and dragged players back with them. Cleworth can walk into midfield and do whatever he wants, and in the end, of course, he did do whatever he wants. That assist for Angus's goal was outrageous. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. It, it was, it was something special, wasn't mm. it, to be oh. fair? Another player, Dior Angus, he come on, he looked excellent, didn't he? Against he looked his old extremely club sharp. Well. Yeah, yeah. Against his old club. Uh, yeah. yeah. It wasn't really a bad player on the pitch. I don't think... Mm. Even think, think about the Fleetwood game, the keepers didn't really have much to do, did they, throughout the game? No. So it, yeah. that's always positive, yeah. isn't it? I liked on the other side then that, like I said, it was sort of asymmetrical. Yeah. So you had Green, who was actually a little more reserved going forwards, but was coming inside to do it as well. He, so you had French going around the outside as a wing back. And then on the other flank, it was different. It was Green still coming forwards, coming inside and joining up play and giving scope for other players to come around the outside of him. And I just like that shape. 
it was just interesting to, to look at Jordan Davis would then drop into the space Green had left or created and then he could play diagonals across the French and there was a very coherent feel yeah. and then when changes were made when Marsh Brown came on for Green he operated in the same way those same shapes were fine when we were bringing on the trialist the second midfield trialist who was very impressive yeah. um, he slotted into that that Jordan Davis role yeah. everything was really nice and then of course on top of everything, we got to see Paul Mullen playing for Wrexham for the first time. Woof. He, he really shouldn't be playing at our level. No. <laughs> I know, Absolutely not. I, I know it sounds bad, and you know, Wrexham are a club of the statue could be a Paul Mullen club. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that at all. But gee, God, he looked good at this level, didn't yeah. he? You know. And even again, even the fleet, which we will get on to later, he just looks another level. Very, you know, as you said on on commentary, very Trundle esque, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just got. But I think the bottom line is he does just look to be too good for the national league. I mean, the way he was certainly treating those defenders, he's he can beat people, he can shoot with either foot, he's creative. Those little dinked chips he puts in to the far post is asking to be headed in. Oof, he looks very, very good. There's not much he can't do. He can hold the ball up mm. well as well, can he? He's, yeah. a, he's a complete package. I am very, very excited. Yeah. I was play. surprised in the Feedless and Devotion podcast. Hi, guys. Um, they're the Cambridge fan on, yeah. sort of talking about, oh, but he needs good players to set him up like he's some sort of goal poacher. Um, and I was really surprised to hear that because when I looked at the the videos of his goals for Cambridge I, I thought he was anything but that and what I've seen in these two games I, I think backs me up because he wants to drop off and run at people get down the channels cut inside get into a shooting position mm-hmm. he wants to hit it from the edge of the area he does get in the six yard box as well as he showed with his goal at Fleetwood if it was his goal um, but you know he, he's he's far more than just a penalty area poacher I mean goodness me I think anyone Looking at him, who thinks that I'm, I'm not looking very hard? I don't think. Well, a lot of Cambridge fans, I think, maybe because they're a bit bitter because yeah. their best player have left. I said, oh, it was Hulahan who did all the work yeah, for him yeah. last season. You know what I mean? But mm. he's with us now, unfortunately. So, well, well fortunately for us, yeah. but unfortunately for them, <laughs> a lot of his goals he's picking the ball twenty-five yeah. yards out. So, yeah. frankly, uh, Hulahan might be doing some good work. But if you, if you're able to just drop him off twenty-five yards out from goal, let him do his business. Maybe we could sign him as well. Oh, if you fancy he's a proper club, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Make a place on the bench. Yep, yeah, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. Well, well, at this rate, maybe Messi can get a nice place on the bench as well. Yeah, I, I think he's... he's you know, would be touching not, that first team. We're not maybe. looking for old players, are we? No. Are we looking to move forwards? We've got enough experience. Uh, anyway, <laughs> after this, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the Fleetwood game. Jordan Pondicelli, and you're listening to the Dragon Art Radio Show. Well, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday afternoon, uh, we made the long, treacherous journey to Fleetwood. <laughs> um, These Lancastrians with their roadblocks, oh, weaving oh, their pitchforks. Oh yeah, it was. Um, it looked like a nice little town, to be fair. <laughs> but we we went to that um, training facility, which I was really impressed with. Yeah, it's lovely. Isn't it? um, it's definitely something I think. Wrexham should be aiming for a facility like that in the future. That was really impressive and fair play to all the, the Fleetwood lot. Really hospitable towards yeah. us, really, even though we invaded their gantry without asking. <laughs> that was great uh, fun, I enjoyed that. <laughs> we, we just scaled up there, I had the, we yeah. had the cameras and they looked a bit confused, like, who are these guys? <laughs> Recording and commentating on the match, but fair play to them, they, they were really nice, weren't they, the, yeah, those yeah. two analyst guys who let us stay yeah. up there. Fair play, they brought us a team sheet as well, Yeah, so that was good of them. It was, it was a proper professional job yeah. by then, wasn't it? But I just yeah. saw that scaffolding and I thought, well, Ryan Reynolds does play Spider-Man, doesn't he? I better climb up it. <laughs> that is right, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, in fact... Fleetwood announced just before the game that fans could go and watch. I think that was a sensible thing to say at that point because I think they wanted to keep it as low-key as possible. I don't think they realised what they were doing. I just I just don't think there was communication. Uh, yeah, to an extent. I, 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 think, I think they I'm were also wrong. looking at that facility as well. I don't, probably wouldn't want 400 Wrexham fans no, definitely ro- not. rocking no. up and singing songs yeah, and yeah. causing carnage. So I think it was just like... Uh, <laughs> I think it was just like... Um, about an hour or two before the game. Oh yeah, you can come down. 
fair enough. And there was a few Wrexham fans there as well, wasn't there? Yeah, there were a few fair plays. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolute, absolute hardcore. Yeah, and they were awarded <laughs> for the performance, weren't they? Yeah, for me, much better performance than Tamworth. We looked absolutely excellent mm. from the from the minute we just went at them straight away. And I think it's the nucleus of the side is what every Wrexham fan wants to see: entertaining football and a good defensive structure mm. as well. They, they uh, and you look over the players they're bringing in, pretty experienced, strong. I'm just I think if we brought in five and they're all about six foot, maybe the one exception is Mullen. I'm not sure, but then he's very strong. And generally quick as well, and you know the interesting profile for what you want to see in a team. Yeah, um, I was very interested to listen to Steve Parkin afterwards as well because I thought that one thing we noticed a lot in that game was their discipline in terms of the defensive line, trying to keep it quite high, and the energy pressuring the ball. And I think maybe quite obvious certain triggers as when to go, so they were pressing intelligently and organ in an organised manner. And then afterwards, Parkin said, I was a bit unhappy that sometimes we dropped too deep, which firstly revealed that, yes, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. They are trying to play with a high line. And secondly, I like that high standards, yeah. you know. They, they did it so well, but he's only picking up on the things, they, you know, the occasions where they didn't to keep it even getting better and better and better. Well, we, we, you know, for him to be complaining after beating it, and I've got to say, Fleetwood looked like a really nice tidy. Mm. And a lot, there's a lot of youth players and some first team players but they look like a really nice little tidy they properly tried to play football they mm. compared to like Tamworth who are a bit more direct and maybe trying to get in our face a little bit more mm. Fleetwood were passing it around the back and you could tell they were a bit it was an academy sort of thing a game yeah. with them they were trying something like resetting passing mm. around the back and we, we we just trumped them in pretty much physicality yeah. and experience passing the ball we looked better when we were on the ball we were threatening Jordan Davis's corners were excellent, weren't they, in the <laughs> yeah, first half? And yeah. even one of the Fleetwood analysts, analyzing guys, they were like, oh, "He looks good, yeah, weren't they?" Yeah, exactly. No, they're not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it comes back to what I said before. We're talking about Tamworth as well. I think um, two very different types of opponents, and the fact that we dominated both pleases me. If you really, really pushed me. And I'm reluctant to to, to 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 answer this question. But if you really pushed me about who I think were the better side to beat, I think I'd go Tamworth for the simple reason that their style of play is and their physicality is what we will come up against in the National League more than the Fleetwood side. The Fleetwood side had a lot of very good players and a, few, a couple of them I looked at and thought, would they be interested? Especially in a try list, yeah. But, yeah, that guy he was good, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. But like you say, there's three or four first team players coming back from injury or just not involved next weekend yeah. and then the rest of Academy players, technical, yes, but you know we probably, you know, we, we ought to dominate them physically. And the fact that they play football rather than get physical does allow us to play as well. You know, we can try and bypass the press. It's all good practice. It's all different types of football. But you know, I I, I think in some ways the fact we can dominate Tamworth mm. makes me feel more positive about the National League season, if you like. I agree to an extent, um, but you got to remember. Your direct teams in the National League are going to be better than Tamworth. Aren't oh, they? absolutely. So yeah. you know, I, I, I like the fact that we dominated. Yeah, exactly. We dominated both two very different types of sides. But you know, we've got some good footballing teams. Like Notts mm. County outplayed us football wise in that second game, didn't they? Yeah. The first half yeah. of the second game last season. And Stockport are going to be looking to play football this year, aren't they? Rather yeah, than yeah. just clogging it up. But it, as you said, yeah, it was really pleasing because we are going to be playing someone like Kingsley who's just going to lump it over to Gold Mateo and he's just going to hold it up. And those teams are just as hard, if not harder, yeah, to yeah. play than the footballing team sometimes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah very pleasing that we've beat both. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was, I was very, very happy with it. Um, talking to Gary Hyde, Jake Hyde, yeah. after the game, um, it was quite pleasing because he agreed when we were talking about combinations that... Mullin, as I said, as a player who seems to go, want to go down the channels a bit more, Hyde's basically saying, not interested in going down the channels. Yeah. I just want to be in the penalty area and get on the ends of stuff. Um, and and they, they clicked straight away. And yes, as you say, Angus looks really sharp. Yeah. To me, For me, sharper than when he came in for us last yeah. season because he wasn't had, he was he was lacking match fitness. And Ponticelli looks sharp, as we said, from cool. the first day of training. And we've got four strikers there going for it. Yeah, four strikers and... If you give me any one of those combinations of strikers, mm. I'd be happy for me. Yeah, it looks good now. It's you know it's really really pleasing mm. compared to last season. We've got 
it's got to be Hyde and Mullen are the ones who are going to be. I would assume. Shooting. Yeah. But that's it. Ponticelli's not. I really like the look of Ponticelli yeah. this season. Yeah. He's looking in great shape coming yeah. up into pre-season, isn't he? And then you've got to think if he can get fit again, Kwame Thomas when he's back, if he can recapture yeah. that form. Yeah. Thomas and Mullen up front. Yeah, that's yeah. a tasty strike force as well. Yeah, absolutely. It? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got we got a few options. It's nice yeah. to see, isn't it? Really? Yeah. I don't know. And bigger staff, of course. Well, I assume probably go on loan this season. Maybe yeah. not in this case of Clever, having seen him in these two games. But we we clearly going to have to stock up his centre backs, aren't yeah. we? Well, I, I think we would be silly to get rid of Clareworth mm. now um, because you were saying on the last podcast, well, why don't we loan him out to a team in our league and like. If he's good enough, then he's good enough to play for us. And I think he, mm-hmm. he's looked really interesting. I think I think all the yeah, three so young well. lads who come on, on yeah, the well, yeah. looked well. I think Lennon looked like he looked yeah. like the real deal as well. But again, it sounds like we're getting really, really excited <laughs> because know, we, could, we could stroll up to the Oval game and lose 2-0. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it, it's just such an exciting time. I've never been so excited mm. to go into pre-season in this year. <laughs> yeah. Can I just apologise when you're watching the video version of this? Because I can't leave the outside of my nose alone. And the reason is Fleetwood, because we went up on top of that blinking gantry. And, uh, of course, with the sea wind blowing in, it didn't look, it didn't feel terribly warm up there, to be honest. Um, but the moment I got down to ground level, I thought, oh, I feel sunburnt. Yeah. I was sunburnt. I'm really sunburnt. And uh, my nose has started flaking just now. Just now we're starting to do this. So I do apologise, everyone, but every time I speak, I can see... Oh, we don't want to know what I can see, but... A nice, yeah. a nice Fleetwood tan. A Fleetwood tan. Yeah. That's right. What a band they were. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a really really enjoyable game to cover. I, I enjoyed mm. doing the camera work, and I I don't usually remember the games when I do the cam work. So I'm so I'm usually quite stressed. Yeah. <laughs> but because it was a friendly, I, I I could chill out a little more and still watch yeah. the game. And I think it helped having your commentary to listen to as well to yeah, take yeah. things in. Yeah, a really impressive display, and let's let's hope it's things of signs of things to come this mm-hmm. season. Well, absolutely, and uh, certainly a lot of people seem to think that way because there's a lot of demand to watch us play, isn't there? Yeah, there's a lot of demand to watch us play, and so after this, we're going to be talking about the season ticket situation. I'm Jake Hyde, and this is Dragonheart. So it's Wednesday morning at the racecourse, and something pretty phenomenal is happening. Season ticket fever, can you believe it? Little old Wrexham, with people clamouring to get to see us. We've already had, of course, the season ticket renewals, and now it's a chance for people without season tickets to secure their seat for what should be an exciting campaign. And goodness me, they're coming in big, big numbers. I caught up with Matty Jones, who works in the commercial department, to have a chat about how the sales are going and what it means to this club. It's going fantastically well, this, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely superb for the club, you know. Um, in terms of home and away shirts sold, it's weird looking at record numbers, so yeah, it's really good. And I mean, for someone like you, I mean, you have been devoted to this club for absolutely years. Yeah. Yeah, even, even though you're a young lad, you have been doing so much fantastic work, so much of it voluntary, uh, to see the club now having this sort of thing happen it must be brilliant for you yeah it's a dream come true you know um, I was a season ticket holder since 11 years of age used to come here in the paddock with my uncle so yeah, yeah. you know I, to work here now for the last five years full time it's great so yeah really yeah. good really did you good. have a bit of a shock when you heard that people well I believe it is true that people camped overnight here I believe yes yeah, I came in and saw there was people with barbecues and everything you know <laughs> and uh, deck chairs were no it's good that people are this devoted to the club yeah, and yeah. long may it continue so huge crowds some fans, of course, were here overnight. I wasn't sure if that was true, but I've had it verified now. I know of people definitely who've been here since half five in the morning. And so a terrific amount of interest, a real clamour to get to see the Reds. And amongst the people who were queuing for tickets, a real sense of excitement. Started the 69th year. So you're, it's your 69th season in a row with a season ticket, yeah? No, I haven't had a, se- I, I, I haven't had a season ticket for the last two or three years because I had a new knee, yeah, yeah. aortic valve, Gosh. and uh, 
So, so about 75% of the guys you saw those 69 years will be coming next season. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've come, I've been coming, Brilliant. but I've, I'm buying a ticket on the day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My, I mean, old, my old auntie brought me here when I was 10. Oh my word. As, it's, uh, as a long-standing Wrexham fan, this is uh, it's quite something to see this, isn't it? A queue it's, like this? It is quite incredible. Um, seeing the, uh, people wanting to watch the team, and it's all starting to fall into place, getting some good players, brilliant players, and you know, getting excited about pre-season, mm -hmm. and just wanting to uh, be part of the experience over the next few years. And the buzz is remarkable, and this desire here for everyone to get here and make sure you don't miss out is, well, it's not something we're used to, is it? It's not at all, no. I mean, we normally come up at five to three, buy your ticket, <laughs> yeah. and five to three, and then you can go in. There's no chance for that this season, so uh, a season ticket it is. Fantastic, and uh, you've been working hard all day. It's, it's what, midday now? Go oh, no, it's quarter to one now. Yeah. And you've been working basically all day to, to get this ticket, haven't you? Yeah, well, I, I decided to stay on, uh, go online and do it, and registered last night, and uh, unfortunately I wasn't able to get online, so I've just dived down here, Yeah. and I'm um, hoping that uh, I'll be able to get a ticket sometime. Well, absolutely, four hours of toil and stress, but I'm it's, sure it's it'll be, be worth, worth it, it in the end. It'll be very much worth it. Brilliant. It's good, though, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Nice. At least the weather's been nice for you yeah, as well. So, yeah. you fund the rest of the week, innit? Tomorrow, I uh, And <laughs> uh, my grandson's coming, what's uh, the season ticket? So, he lives in Liverpool, so. Wow. Has he ever had season ticket before? Not not here. He comes with me, though. We, yeah. we, 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 I, we buy a ticket on the day with it. Well, you know, yeah, before, yeah. like. Oh. And he, and he look, enjoys coming with me. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I hope. And then, and he. I call in the mice going and we have a drink. He likes to sit with me there. Fantastic. Because they had a big screen there, didn't they? Of course, yeah. 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 yeah was... Oh. Well, oh. good luck and let's hope that we uh, are bringing the 70s back. Well, I hope so, yeah. Well, it, everything looks promising. I'm more yeah. optimistic now than I've ever been. Yeah. I don't think we were ever going to go anywhere before. Yeah. Yeah. Last, like at least I'm open to see a good game of football, not like this, watching the ball in the air, <laughs> because that's all it was. Yeah. All it was. It's an historic level of interest and fascinating as well to hear fans remembering the good old days of the 1970s, the peak years of Wrexham Football Club and how the buzz around here at the moment is really reminiscent of that. Well, to see this, to see the change oh, in the well, ground and these queues... But, but the thing is, like, uh, in the 70s, it was, it was like this. Mm. When John Neely was here... That was the best manager we ever had. So this must feel, like you say, like as I, I was similar. Just saying now, yeah. Unbelievable. So the ground is a buzz, as you can see behind me. There's lots of work going on as well: refurbishment, rebuilding, redesigning. This club has become something exciting, and it's just almost beyond belief. What a fantastic way to start off the season! And we've not even kicked a ball yet, but. If you were successful getting a season ticket, then all I can say is welcome to the club, welcome to the gang, and we're going to have an adventure together. Well, <laughs> it's even shocked me this season that how fast the season tickets have flown out and the demand is really, really high. I knew it'd be high, but the amount we've sold so far, it's pretty mad, isn't it, let's say. Oh, it's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, when you think about the club wanting to be sustainable mm. so it's not just rich people come in put money in we do well they get bored we go pop yeah um it, it's just wonderful to see straight away the effects of that i mean gosh to start to put the season tickets out to general sale and then have to stop a day later because we're selling too many essentially <laughs> that's that's quite something isn't it? <laughs> wow it's really really <laughs> impressive i'm not sure there's been many conference side that's ever happened to surely well um ollie williams has asked me to look into whether this is the most season tickets ever sold already by a non-league team i strongly think the answer is yes um maybe luton would they be possibly yeah but he's got he, he's asked the national league if they are aware and they said they're not aware of any higher mm. so it's... yeah i'll look at that I think it's a cocktail of many things, you know. You gotta remember that I think more people will be willing to go watch Rex even if we didn't have the takeover because COVID's lockdown stopped yeah. and people wanna go out, mm. go for a day out, watch some football and become a part of a community again. Mm. 
It's also the takeover. It's also the fact that we signed people like Mullen and the vibes around the club. You know, yeah. you, you pop into the club shop, everyone's buzzing and everyone's up for it, aren't they? Well, I like the way, you, like you're right, the vibes around the club. Yeah. When I was uh, recording that piece you just heard about the season tickets, the number of people talking about it feeling like the good days coming back, the number of people who were referencing the 1970s was really exciting. You know, older fans who remember when we were good and feel like this is it again. Um, and then just the fact, you know, there was a chap who was buying 10 tickets, five five adults and five kids. Um, you know, and there were a lot of people getting multiple tickets as well, you know. That, you know, the, the groups, families, bunches of mates coming back, Wrexham becoming central to the, the sort of community of the town every other Saturday. Fantastic. But it's just a shame we've been... I, th- I think Wrexham's football club has always been in the pinnacle part of the town. If you look around mm. Wrexham's history, when, Wrexham's do, when the football club's doing well, the town's doing well. And when, you know, when the town's doing well, the brewery's doing well. It, it's just, you know, especially after a pandemic... It's just nice to have these Hollywood saviors, isn't it? <laughs> it's quite good. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, you wouldn't have thought, you know, to get this sort of buzz. Where, let's be honest, another push factor to make people buy tickets is the fear of missing out. Yeah, and we don't associate that with Wrexham. Oh, if I don't get a season ticket, I might not see them. You know, oh, it's incredible, isn't it? You know, it's like we're going to have packed house to watch Boreham at home and places like that, and. It, just imagine when we creep up, well, if and when we creep up the leagues and we get, you know, Bolton Wanderers, Portsmouth, mm. you know, maybe Preston or Sunderland at home, yeah. you know, that with a cop, it's well, going to be bouncing. I was just going to say that illustrates why you need a new stand in that if we're able to sell a lot of tickets like this, then if we're going to have a proper away end in yeah. the football league... We've got to have more capacity. We just got to, and we otherwise we can't make that killing. I was talking to my lad the other day. He bought six season tickets, by the way, um, not just for himself. Um, but you know, I was saying to him, he was saying that it, it could be tricky, even if you're a member and a season ticket holder, to get away tickets this season if we're travelling in numbers. And I, I'm not so worried by that because I was saying that you imagine you picture like Chester when they, we play there, we get the away end, and then we get a half at the stand. But clubs are not, oh well, I was going to say clubs aren't stupid, actually some are to be fair, but generally they're not when it comes to money and they will want to make, take advantage. If, if a lot of us are going to come, never mind that we might have an advantage in terms of atmosphere, they want our cash. So there were sometimes, I remember going to Chester games, I mean, they, we've been given half the ground, we've been given all that stand down the side as well because we're the ones who are going to come and fill it out and they, and they weren't. Not trying to have a pop at Chester, but mm. you know, they're not daft. I remember <laughs> Telford on Boxing Day, the 98-point season, we, we mm. pretty much filled three, ends of the, three yeah, sides yeah, of the pitch. Yeah. These conference teams are not going to get, yeah. they're not going to say no to the Wrexham exactly. fans coming. If they think Wrexham fans yeah. are going to bring 2,000, they're just going to give yeah. us the allocation, aren't they? And beyond Stockport, I mean, are there any clubs where there's liable to be trouble? A lot of these games might well just be uh, not particularly segregated. Yeah. Possibly, you know. Um, my, my equivalent to that, I guess, is the first promotion I saw was the 92 93 season. We played at Rochdale. And it was just, they were just. So many Wrexham fans there, and I can't remember what they. There was an estimation I seem to remember that it was about two thirds of the crowd were Wrexham. It was like sort of three thousand attendants, two thousand Wrexham, Um, and it was really weird as well because obviously we're going from promotion. You can't afford to slip up, and a couple of our players missed. Oh no, they were supposed to be joining the bus. I can't remember what happened exactly. The car broke down something, but they failed to turn up. Uh, Mike Lake, who was our sort of star midfielder, and I think it was John Paskin was the other one, who was a usual third-choice striker, but I think one of the strikers was injured and he was going to start. So we played Gary Pugh, Gary Pugh, Stephen Pugh. It was a young lad, I don't know if it was his first game, definitely his first start, and he was sensational. He was absolutely sensational. And weirdly, sitting behind me was Bob Stoko, legendary old manager, won the FA Cup in the 70s with Sunderland, I want to say Sunderland. And um, he was scouting. And he was there chatting to all the wrestling fans, saying, this lad's sensational. He's wonderful. But the poor lad, he played... I mean, he wasn't... He only played his fourth choice and 
nothing would have been thrown in under normal circumstances. And we had Mark Taylor as well as a winger who could play up front, so he wasn't likely to get many games, but they put him in for the Welsh Cup semi-final, and he got a really bad leg break, had to be taken off, and he never really came back again, sadly. Oh. It was a pity because he was... I just remember he didn't score, but he took him apart. He was just running down the channels, and he was too quick for the defenders. But the poor lads picked up a horrible injury that set him back permanently, I suppose. Those are cheerful notes to... <laughs> Well, so buy a season ticket, everyone. It's just me and you the other day when um, when we finished the day at work, of course, we watched mm. the, the highlights of the 0203 final game of the season at home against Cambridge. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. And looking at the crowd and the packed carpet. Mm. And you would have told me two years ago, one or two years ago, these days will happen again. I, I would have think, yeah, maybe. Mm. But now it... It's a, well, this season it's going to be a strong possibility that we're going to have crowds like that, aren't we? Well, if we've got 5,200 season tickets already sold and other people want tickets, straight away we're, we're guaranteed something, aren't we? I suppose. Um, so they will go back on sale again. Yeah. They just paused it for now because I think they just need to make sure there's no scope for any mix ups, is there really? Because yeah. they've everyone with the Rex Rent stand tickets got to be accommodated. Yeah, the sides. Yeah. They don't want to go on too long and then accidentally sell too many tickets and find they can't accommodate them all. So I think they're just going to do a bit of maths and then they'll start selling again. I assume they may deliberately not try and sell the whole capacity. I don't think they'd sell the whole capacity, but I think they could get 6,000. You need some spare tickets for, well, if the away team bring a lot in a cup tie. Oh, so it just seems like it's on cover cup ties, ignore me. But also, you know, for, mm. we have to be able to allow people who can't afford to get a season ticket to have a chance to buy yeah. tickets on a one-off basis. Um, that, that The big clubs tend to work on the basis that you do that as well because that means you don't have the same people every game because you won't have any new people coming into the shop. Yeah. If everyone's the same people, then your shop's not going to sell much. But it's just incredible we're talking in these terms whereas normally we're just um, desperate to have someone turn up. We're, we're going to want to attract... The people from you know, Bangor, Carnarvon, yeah. all that type part of Wales. I got a few friends who are uh, avid Aston Villa fans, North Wales Lions. Shout out to them. Uh, they're all coming. They got friends from Birmingham. They're all coming to watch Rex in the season. Yeah, yeah. They've all said, "Oh, we're going to go to a few games when yeah. Villa are playing away." I know a few people who support Liverpool who um, are saying, oh, "I'm a Liverpool fan, but I sort of want to be a part of this." Yeah, yeah. I'm going to come watch Rex in the season. <laughs> it, it's just. Oh, it's spine tingling, isn't it? It's and terrific, huh? After yeah. all these years of hard, hard fought seasons mm. and some terrible seasons in the conference, some absolutely fantastic seasons, but ended up in bone crushing disappointment. Mm. It's it's nice now that things seem on the up. Oh, hundred percent. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> after this, we're going to talk about a little bit more of a sombre topic. Yeah. I'm Liam McClendon and this is Dragon Heart. We've come across some really, really sad news, haven't we, this week? Um, James Jennings has had to retire because of an injury which is horrible after what all our family's going through at the moment. Well, yeah, exactly. And it's just such a shame that this knee injury's got the better of him. Top class player, smashing bloke. Uh, a player who should be playing in the football league, and yeah, we, it's just such a pity that that, that should happen to him. Um, a fine player for us as well. I mean, I've got to say, four seasons, yeah. and his character in the changing room as well as his quality on the ball and his ability to defend were, were massive. It's just a proper warrior spirit. He would not, he would not let players get on top of him. He would not accept. Players with low standards, loud voice in a changing room, strong character, exactly what you need in a changing room. Model professional, wasn't yeah. he? Um, and it's just such a sad, sad day for us and Stockport. Um, mm. Missing out on an incredible player too, and you know, if uh, I don't really, I don't really know what to say. It's really, really sad. He's, yeah. lo- he's going to be losing his job as well, isn't he? On top of well. an uh, injury. Yeah, he's a cracking bloke, yeah. and I think uh, if there's any common sense at all in football, then there'll be a lot of people chasing after him, because he's the sort of person, like I said, you want in a changing room, yeah. an outstanding professional, outstanding person as well, really, you know, nice guy, genuinely nice fella, yeah. um, and 
always good with fans as well. Yeah. Uh, his stats for Wrexham uh, as well. Can I just say it tells a story? Bear in mind, he's a fullback. I know, you know, fullbacks get forwards, but um, 130 starts plus four sub, ten goals. Ah, uh, it's decent. Yeah, that's decent. The first season he didn't score any for us, but he came in two thirds of the way through, and that was a relegation scrap. And he was vital in that. The, the when players like him, Russell Penn, Isel McLeod came in, they raised the standards of professionalism, yeah. which was desperately needed, or we'd have gone down. And and those players did a huge job for this football club yeah. in in keeping them afloat and getting them to do what the whole team to do what Keats wanted them to do. Yeah. And so Jennings, he, uh, those fifteen games in that season alone, paid for him. I, I would argue, um, but then after that he scored goals regularly. So four goals, two goals, four goals—a decent return for a fullback. He loved coming forwards and linking up. He scored that beautiful free kick as well. I've oh, seen clips. Harrogate. Yes. Oh, what Sweet. a goal! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a goal! Fantastic strike that, wasn't it? Yeah, it is. And he got five assists last season as well. Yeah. Um, and I've got to say, here's the most shocking stat of all: James Jennings, 134 appearances for Axum. Never got sent off once. Geno, what were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Just obviously an absolute professional. <laughs> we got thirty-two yellows. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> you know, let's not. Let's not. Uh, uh, yeah, but... he wasn't a shrinking violet, was he? <laughs> yeah. He's a yellow every four games, roughly, isn't it? But uh, yeah, never got sent off. Fair play. But I was shocked. I was shocked when I saw that. To be honest. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure we all come together. You, you included, it, wishing him. All the best mm. in whatever he does after football. Hundred percent, absolutely top bloke, top player. Yeah. And I've been privileged enough to interview him, privileged enough to have him up at half time with an interview, privileged enough to speak to him, you know, away from the the media thing. Absolutely smashing fella. Couldn't recommend him enough to. Well, Who do you recommend someone to? I'm not, I'm not sure. Prospective parents-in-law. I'm not <laughs> sure. Is that what you say? I don't. He's a lovely lad. Take him <laughs> home. Meet your mother. Smashing lad. But yeah, it's such a shame, and, yeah. and I was really upset when I found out. Mm. And you know, after everything they were going through, especially their for the moment, absolutely. Year, yeah, uh, yeah, we wish everyone. At, I'm sure everyone at Rex and FC wish them all the best. I'm Kerry Evans, and you're listening to Dragonheart Radio Show. On to more amusing things, shall we say? Um, so I'll put this interesting video up. I, I don't think. You know, I think in the striking department we just aren't, and that's why I wanted to show to, to make sure today. You, you thought that although we're doing well, you know, we're very, very thin on the ground. We, we, you know, the quality that we need up there. That's why I mean, I'm looking around. There's no one around. Like, I mean, I, I just pluck a name. But, you know, someone like Paul Mullen. No. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I don't mean in specific. No, and somebody like that. Yeah. This, this crowd of well, I've, I've had a word with. Um, you see, I, I don't think it's a matter of, with all due respect, Kevin, I don't think it's a matter of exciting crowd. I think it's somebody who can, we know is going to get us into Premier League. And now I know what you mean, but, but short term, Paul it might put a few thousand on, just for example, him. Uh, but he gets injured in two weeks down the line yeah. and, and, and we're back. It's, it's a difficult scenario, really, because I, the, the one I have, I have asked about is... Uh, Danny Newton. Well, what the hell was that? <laughs> yes. Now there's the question. <laughs> Solihull Moors announcing the signing of a player um, by scoring points off Paul Mullen yeah. and Wrexham. Uh, to be fair, I thought that was quite funny. Yeah. Um, it was a good laugh. Wrexham responded in kind. A couple of Wrexham fans got a little bit wound up by it. It was just amusing, though. It's just a, I'm not going to say we're living in people's heads because obviously <laughs> Solihull are making a joke about it. But but we are. We're so in people's consciousness now. That's yeah. it's it shows how things are going well. It's, it's mad, isn't it? Right. I quite I thought it was funny. To yeah, be fair. it was yeah. all in good taste. Wasn't yeah, it? it wasn't in bad taste like the Juventus women's team have done today, uh, mm. which they probably should be in a lot of trouble for. Mm. Um, but yeah, I quite like Twitter banter between clubs. Yeah, it was it was good in good taste, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Something featuring Neil Warnock, which was still in good taste. So you, who would have thunk it? Solid call, well done, very clever. Yeah. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Dominic Vose and uh, this is Dragonheart. Well, we're nearly at the 
nearly at the end of the show. Um, it's been a cracking one. We've gone through some really important things. Season tickets. They'll be flying again once they're <laughs> open to be bought again. The two games are really, really promising, and there's some promising. There's some promising games this this weekend as well, isn't there, Mark? That's right. Spending more time is going to be a proper test. And I, I think Steve Barkin implied that. Yeah. You know, like I said, we've 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 dominated a physical team, we've dominated an academy team, but now we're going to play a team that's only one league below us, who've got some decent players and should be a step up in opposition. So it'll be interesting to see what we can do exactly. From what I've heard, they'll be pushing for promotion this season mm. as well. And we'll be playing a familiar face, won't we? Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot all that. Yeah. <laughs> he threw me then for a second. Yeah. Oh, I always enjoyed watching Adrian and Moke play, yeah. and I never quite understood what was going on out there. But then again, oh, you know what I'm going to say? Hulk smash Gary Mills. Um, <laughs> we can't go through a podcast without mentioning him, can we? Oh, you just do this to make me angry. <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Oh man. I mean, Moke playing centre mid, which he'd never played before, but he did well because he's a good footballer. But rarely finished 90 minutes which always bemused me you know I know strikers often you see strikers and wingers who don't rarely finish 90 minutes because that's what often mm. how things work they ever get taken off for a rest or they get taken off because they're not scoring or threatening and they want someone else to have a go but centre mids generally that doesn't happen to we constantly kept bringing him off and I, I didn't know if it was his fitness or, or something it didn't seem to have a problem with fitness he was a cracking player Moki really energetic yeah. quick good technical player oh I mean but so of course we released him at the end of the season, didn't we? Yes. Of course we was. That, that makes cheap. sense, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I mean, we brought exactly. Sean Harris in. Not Sean Harris. What was that? Um, Tyler Harvey instead. <laughs> Tyler Harvey replaced him. Are you going to spend more? No. No, I... I Sorry. <laughs> I, I won't be out. It's that stretch, bit stretched yeah. too far. Well, I'm, I'm not because I'm going the next day to the women's game. Yeah. Which so, is yeah. a historic occasion, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so the action returns at the race mm. course. Unfortunately, fans can't come. It would have been great if fans could have come, but we've got to be careful. Um, but yeah, action at the race course. Mm. The women's team are flying at the moment. They've just come off a 11-0 win, <laughs> yeah, wasn't yeah. it? So yeah. But they're playing a team that beat them in the friendly a couple of weeks ago, 1-0, so that should be quite an interesting test for them. Because um, fans can come, can't they, but only by invitation. Right. So okay. the key thing is it's it's one of our test events to hopefully ensure we're allowed unrestricted attendance on the first game of the season. Although the announcement that went out as a threat level zero basically says we can do that, but we still need to do these test events because, well, partly, what if things get worse? Yeah. We are able then to say to the Welsh Government, but we have also done a socially distanced test event, which will be this game, the women's game. So we are capable of continuing to take crowds because we've shown that we can do this. So it's it's very important for the club from that point of view. But it's an invitation only, isn't it? The yeah. families of the players and also the youth teams are, um, can attend and it'll be an important test event. But there'll be full media team coverage as well, we're delighted Brilliant. to say, because it is a historic occasion. Yeah. First time the women's team since it's been reorganised has played on the race course and that's... Uh, I mean, a, a, a fantastic because we are doing what we should do and putting the women's team right up there with our priorities, as our should be. Well, let's hope this is just a regular thing in the future. Yeah, I'd love that. And I, I'm really looking forward to covering it, really. Mm. Um, I've not watched this women's team. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, we win. I'm yeah, really, yeah. really excited. And to be honest with you, I've not really watched much women's football yeah. in the past as well, so it's going to be really intriguing and Let's get behind the boys and let's get behind the girls. Why not? Mm, absolutely right. Just as I came out then, the women's Olympic final was in extra time and I was sort of thinking, oh, we'll just knock Dragonhead on the head, so <laughs> the heart on the head to watch the end of this. I didn't today, obviously. It still turned up. But yeah, yeah it, should be, uh, it should be good. Also, what should be good is the Dragonheart Fantasy League. Yes. Now, this was inspired by avid listener Tim Lewis who suggested we should do it for the European Championships, and we did, and it was great fun. Particularly great fun because I won. Um, and I, I don't want to mock Tim, but I did grind his nose in it by overtaking him on the semi-final day. It was beautiful work <laughs> by me. But I have newfound respect because I actually found out two years ago that he knows the guy who made the Batmobile for the Batman movies. Um, and he makes in his job 
cool stuff for James Bond movies, like to make special effects work. So I have I have a huge respect for you. Um, but I'm still going to beat you in the Dragonheart Fantasy League because we'll do the the normal uh, fa- the, the actual yeah. the Premier League's Fantasy League competition. We'll make our own league, and you can have the privilege, dear friend. Of getting beaten by me. Are we doing it on the official? I reckon we are. I'll put on the link. I'll put uh, a link below and the code. App. It's yeah. a good solid app, and yeah. it's going to be great preparation for the next like six, maybe six years time when Wrexham players are going to be allowed yeah. to be on the app. Exactly. And we'll be able to pick them. So yeah, exactly. Get involved. Get. I'm. I'm not really good at fantasy league things usually. Well, that's but why I wanted I am to do going it. To be doing my research, yes. there is athletic articles on <laughs> on this sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. So I'm going to be picking a team that's going to get nice me one. a lot of points. So join our fantasy league um, and eat my dust. And also, uh, the, the young people like yourself, they they like the unboxing videos, don't they? Yeah. They like on the, on the YouTube. They like the unboxing <laughs> videos, and so my friends. I'm going to unbox these. <laughs> it's, it's not like a lesson on how to open envelopes. But I, I sent off at the start of the week because I wrecked my laptop, basically. I've got a new one. I always like my stickers on my laptop. And so I've been uh, oh live, live unboxing. Audio I, listeners, he's opening a box. Oh, that's true. You should do the audio description. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually an envelope. I don't want to be too cocky. But inside the envelope, oh, my word. Panini stickers of Wrexham players. Gareth Owen. Mark Taylor. Oh, we talked about Mark Taylor only 20 minutes ago, and then here he is appearing unexpectedly on the podcast. This one looks tricky. It's got lots of Celtic. Can't do that one. They can. <laughs> I'll leave that for my wife. She's better than me in all respects. Unboxing again, number two. What do we get? Oh, 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 oh. That's actually my non Wrexham um, one. It's Paco Gemeth. Paco Gemeth. Legends, Rio Baiacano legends, managerial legends, plays crazy attacking, pressing football with his centre-backs holding a line on the edge of the side's area. Paco Hemeth. And he's got, he's got a mullet. He's not bald in this. He's got a mullet. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, third unpacking, third unpacking, third unpack. There's nothing in it. Oh, yes, there is. Yes, there is. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh. Alan Dwyer. Dixie McNeil wow. in that Adidas kit. Oh, it's iconic. Dixie in front of the Yale stand paddock, which of course is no longer a paddock. Dwyer in front of some unknown away end. Love it. And then, why, why, who's this? Oh gosh, it's only Gareth Davis and Wayne Sagalski. Although now that we can pronounce Polish a bit better, we surely know <laughs> that it's Chegielski or something, but he seemed quite happy to be called that. So my laptop can have a beautiful Wrexham-y oh, sheen on it. I don't know if I can open this last one or not, to be honest. I, I'm actually not quite sure what this is, man. Because that was all I bought, I thought. <laughs> just open it up and it's just... I can open it up, it's a bill. <laughs> or just anthrax. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be able to leave the I building. Mean, can you not find any of the Trinidad and Tobago players? I did have Dennis Lawrence on my previous one. I'm going to try and peel him off. Um, try and find see if we can get them online as well maybe Marvin Andrews or something or no there's a thought yeah. there's a thought oh this it is it's complex this envelope it's exciting this are you enjoying this YouTube kids look at this live unboxing although it's obviously not live I do apologise to the audio listeners yes audio well audio listeners are getting all the sounds of envelopes yeah. moving you know um, oh oh oh, oh. I've never Still quite mind. understood this on um, the unboxing thing yeah. with are you saying this is not a good segment? No, no, I'm not saying it. Because <laughs> uh, uh, it's rationally, but it, it, oh, there's a lot of kids who get into it, and I don't yeah. quite... It, it's yeah. sometimes the sad man in me... Um, sounds like a, something I need to take back there. Uh, quite likes um, knowing what's going to come in a box. So yeah. If I'm so, do you get the cable with it? But that's more of a sad thing. Oh, of course, how could I forget? Di Davis, oh. Arvon Griffiths, Quality Way, Isis... Oh, God. Another Wayne Sikorsky. <laughs> I've got swaps. Swapsies. Graham Whittle. Mick Vinter. Oh, my word. This is going to be a laptop of all laptops. Beautiful. And that is one cracking way to end the podcast. Yeah.